What's your story? Hi, I'm T. Jones, owner of T. Realty and co-owner of 93 Construction Consultants. I'm a real estate broker and I'm a general contractor, commercial and residential. And this is my story. So, actually, before we, you know, get into all the real estate stuff and, like, you owning all these, I'm like, you know, builders and construction stuff, let's get the backstory. <laughs> so, where are you from? I'm from New Orleans. I grew up in Algiers. I'm on the left here for a split second post-Katrina, so I've, I've pretty much lived here my entire life. So, um, actually, how was life for Katrina? Like, you know, Ooh. like... Like, were you here when Hurricane Trina hit? Or, like, did you leave, evacuate? We did evacuate, but it's a, it's a back story behind that. Long story short, um, my best friend and I, we ended up living in Dallas for about 18 months. And, but then you came back? But then I came back. So, like, and so, like, when Hurricane Katrina hit, I'm like, were you, I'm like, out of school? Or, like, were you, like, in school? When Hurricane Katrina hit, I was 21. So, you was an adult? I was an adult. <laughs> And so how was it like that, you know, move like, you know, traveling on your own without your family and things like that? It was very exciting. That part of it was exciting, right? Because I was adventurous, still am. So going to a new city and being alone at that time, and I'm probably telling my age, I had to print out MapQuest to be able to get everywhere. But me and my then one-year-old, we explored Dallas nonstop. We dated each other. We went to restaurants. We... We loved the city. It just was too far away for what you might need when you are uh, a young parent. Right. So, you know, moving back to New Orleans, how was that for you? Because, like, you know, at New Orleans was still kind of down. You know, most people moved back. It still had smells and everything. Yeah, so I stayed away about 18 months. So the city had come back a good bit, but my transition back home was smooth. It, um, I jumped straight back in back into my job, back into my daily life. It was not difficult for me, and I'm grateful for that. Right. So, you know, it was, I'm like 22 years old in New Orleans, around 2006, seven. And how was, you know, you know, and how was New Orleans? You know, that was basically like 17 years ago. So I would say um, it was a city that was broken and emerging at the same time, right? So it could break your heart to drive past structures that you knew to be like this colorful, beautiful place and see it blighted, see plants growing through the windows, see it covered in in X's and numbers. So, But it also, I feel like Katrina changed the culture of the people. Like the, the locals who were here before Katrina that came back, they got closer, they built things together, they started initiatives. So it was, it, it was a good bit of positive that came from it. They, they learned skills from other places and then they brought them back home. Right. And, like, and also, some people just never came back. Uh, you know, some people never came And so back. now we have people from New Orleans all around the world. That's true. <laughs> but um, so coming back, you know, then you, then you, then you actually got into like, you know, doing hair, right? No, so the braiding, me braiding hair was my adolescent career. Like, okay. 
I was a little kid showing up like, yeah, you want your micro braids? I got you. <laughs> I got you. And so, you, so, and so you, so basically, you was one, like, early, I mean, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Early entrepreneur. Um, I would say that the very first experience for me that kind of helped me hone and sharpen my skills in terms of entrepreneurship was working for professional funeral services. So, you know, you're right here, you are an entrepreneur, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So working there gave me more tools to equip me to be a better entrepreneur, better leader, just a better person. So I have this question for you. What is the craziest thing you actually, I'm like, what the craziest thing you actually I'm like, went through working on that one, my funeral service business? I'm not even sure if I can share it. Oh. Because <laughs> the... the my stick out uh, experiences in in the funeral industry are ones that if I even recount it, the families are gonna be clear. They They're gonna be clear that that's their loved one. So I'm not sure Dang. if I'm supposed. Yeah, don't to even share. Yeah, leave it alone like that. They're gonna be clear. And so you know, and then leaving that company, I'm like, what did you? I'm like, actually, I'm like, decide to do. So. The transition from the funeral home, I aspired to do events and public relations. So alongside, I met a guy, Carl Washington, and I was his understudy. And alongside him, we produced many of Mayor Nagin's public and private events. So that they had the, the city separated on two sides, the economic development and social development. So there were pieces that independent contractors could pick up to, to aid in the production of all these events that had to happen on both sides of the city's organization. Right. So, you know, like what year was this? That had to be maybe 07. Okay. Because I was thinking Six, he, was, seven. he was doing like events in 2009. I remember the Saints. I'm like one day for a Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, that probably was a crazy year. <laughs> so it's it. At the time, I owned Novation Services. So me producing events spanned for years, and it was also I didn't sit it down until I produced my own wedding. So and that that was the last event I produced. And so how was that? Um, well, like how was that on the whole on the experience of doing you oh know, your own wedding? So I had help. I did have help. I had my mom and sisters, and I had my best friends, Martha, Josephine. They they helped me to plan everything. But we, my wedding was the first event in Champion Square. So Club Forty Four. I um, I worked alongside a lady named Kara Blackledge. I believe that's her name. It's been a, over a decade, but. Um, Together, we walked through the space and it was just, it was bare walls um, and some studs still. So we kicked around the concept of having different art on the wall and can, could we use the screen in uh, Champion Square to show our images. We asked it to light up the Hyatt purple. So we, we did the most. We did. We did. We did. We got married on the steps of Superdome. Aww. Mm-hmm. So, how was it like being an entrepreneur, like at the time, actually married? So, because events production in New Orleans could involve a lot of nightlife, it was something that I needed to kind of step away from slowly, right? 
Um, at the time when I when I started to to slow down on it, my um, my baby probably was in first grade, and it just was I needed more one to one with her. I needed more time for family, more just more home life versus nightlife, if that makes sense. Because just about every major event in New Orleans happens at night. Right. In New Orleans, is more of when. I mean, nightlife, like, we don't have too much, too much any, I mean, day stuff, hey, but it's growing now, but, you know, at first it was just, you out to the late, late. To the wee hours, yeah, it is growing, I feel like that concept didn't make its debut until, like, 2011, 12, 15, right. the concept of a day party, prior to it that. You even thought was, of, huh? Nope. People had to go other places to go see it and then bring it back here, but prior to that, we did everything at night. So, you know. Being one, it being one, I'm a married entrepreneur. Then it actually came to an end. So, like you know, if you want to share a little bit about it, like what happened? I am divorced. Um, he's a great guy, but it's a lot of things that we differ on. And you know, it was sometimes you know people be kind of I'm like young couples, and like people don't know how to, you know handle certain things at certain ages. Maybe because you didn't go through it before. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So, like, do you have any, I'm like, regrets? I have no regrets. It was a learning experience. It definitely was a learning experience. Gotcha. So, you know, getting, you know, having a divorce, coming back out there, newly single, jumping back in, you know, the world of dating and actually still trying to figure out the things you want to do with your career. I mean, how was that? The honest truth is that I don't have much of a dating life. And uh, still to this day. Still to this day. So we separated in 2019. We had an official divorce. It's now 2023. I am still single. And I have gone on dates. I've tried to do a dating thing, but it's very weird. So I, I definitely have this question for you because I know this might go viral. <laughs> How is the dating life for one on a successful woman in New Orleans. So, one of my friends, I'll put my friend on blast because they're going to know I'm talking about him when I say this. They asked me, they're like, they only got five men in New Orleans that's eligible to date you. Who you going to date? And I was like, what would make you think that of me? Are you going to name the five? <laughs> I'm not going to name the five. <laughs> but, um,. Ask me the question, cause I don't want I don't want to trip myself up. I don't no, want it to, to. So like you know, how is if the dating pool for one you know, if for like a woman like in your caliber, you know, able a black young entrepreneur, I'm a successful woman, with her like like actually come to the table with her own. Yeah, I'll say this. The dating pool is very large. The men I would consider dating is very few. And that's it. That's, that's it. So you get them? <laughs> that's it. Everything outside of that is the fifth. <laughs> All right. So, and also, you know, being, you know, in this world of, like, real estate, mm -hmm. like, how often do you get, I'm going to hit them. Often. So, like, how do you defer, like, you know, trying to get, like, the real business done and people trying to just think only one week? So, I've been in the business 13 years, right? So, 
I'm grateful that you you begin to learn when somebody is wasting your time. You begin to learn when the motive is not real estate and it's something else. And as soon as I spot it, initially I'll try to redirect it, right? If I'm unsuccessful at redirecting it, then I refer my business. So I have a a team of people um, that I carry licenses for. And it's easy for me to say, hey, Darius, you work with him or you work with with her because the hers come too, right? So So let's bring it back to, you know, your ex. So, you know. (laughs) So how did y'all meet? Like, were both of y'all realtors or anything like that? We met at a Christmas party and at the time he was in politics. And so how was it like dating someone in politics? Because, like, I can imagine y'all having, like, a lot of debates. We actually didn't. Oh, that's great. We did <laughs> not. Um, I think initially we be, we became friends first, and that's what, what probably transcended our friendship from a friendship to a marriage. So, And, and it was interesting dating somebody in politics, right? Because you, you, you get to learn a lot. It's a lot about experience. Yeah, learn, another learning experience. So, like, you know... You know, you told me earlier that he actually owns one on a real estate firm as well. So, you know, it's how is that? We own separate brokerages. <laughs> um, and I, I genuinely think we do wish each other well still. It's a great thing because, you know, like some divorces don't end well. And some people hate people for the rest of their life. So <laughs> No, we don't hate each other. That's a great thing. Yeah, we co-parent really well. Okay. So, you know, also being one, you know, single entrepreneur don't really have probably too much help, like, you know, with your kids and stuff like that. How do you, like, you know, have balance for, like, time for your family and work? Because, you know, because, you know, like, when you're out to be the best of the best, you know, you got to, like, be fully locked in. I'll say this. Um... My workplace family life balance is in balance. I could do a better job of spending longer periods of time with family and friends, but I do make the effort. So it's the phone calls, it's the pop-ins, you know, and it, and it can, because I work the way I work, it can run parallel to a work day. So I could slide and say what you ate today. Let's get some food. Or I can call my mom and let her just, just talk to me. Even if I'm in the midst of something else, I could just say how you doing today, you know. So, so I get I get I get a good amount of balance, and then I won't say that I don't have help because that's not true. Uh, I have a lot of help. Actually. You got to clear that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of help, so my my life is balanced. Gotcha. So, like, what is one on an average day like for you? Hmm. I may start my day anywhere from 4.45 to 5.30. I'm a pop-up. Um, typically, I make my grateful list. I've been sharing it online for a while in my stories uh, for a couple years. And I just, sometimes I'll share it and sometimes I don't now. And it's because some of the things I'm grateful for, I just don't want people to know. <laughs> but I get up, make my grateful list, say my prayers, move around the house. I carve out that time so that I could be alone. Because my life doesn't consist, my, my day-to-day life never really consists of me being alone. In my own thoughts, time with God, because it's always the phone, and it's always appearing in person for something or someone. So I start the day with um, just space and time for me. 
then um, depending on if it's my day or not, my son is going to school. After school, after I drop him to school, I may work an hour or two before a workout because I typically work out about 9.30 in the morning uh, on a weekday. And then from the 9.30, it's like this. So I got to transition into like my fabulous costume so that I could go actually work. So let's get into real, like real estate talk. Like let's get into the highs, the lows, the everything. Cause like I've been seeing people post multiple, like, you know, responses of real estate, but like, you know, everyone talks about like, I saw this guy posted something. He said, man, everybody in real estate just shows, you know, the good times when they selling houses. They don't show when they sitting on them houses. They not showing when they can't sell a house. Oh, they're not showing a lot of things of the time they're crying in their car, they ain't doing good. So it's like, let's speak about, you know, the highs and the lows of your life in real estate. So I've been in it 13 years, so I've definitely seen it do this cyclical pattern. So where we are now with insurance and interest rates kind of killing our deals, we've been here before, but it's just looked slightly different, right? I can honestly say that real estate is a scale. Is always going to have an equalizer, right? So if the media has you focused on interest rates and you're worried about, oh, I'm going to get a, a six, a seven, an eight interest rate, they're not telling you that the house price, prices of the houses have gone down, right? So it's always going to be something in real estate to balance it. You just have to be educated enough to know not to focus on the negative, but to find a way, right? When interest rates were low, when people were getting two and threes, they were buying the same house that's what two hundred thousand now for two fifty. So there's always an equalizer. It's just based on how you look at it. Now I will say, with real estate, we don't get paid until we close. And I've had moments where I've done the work for four or five closings on one deal and still not closed it. But I don't get to, I don't get to control that part, right? I always, I, t I tell my clients, you pray, I'm going to do my part, and I hope we get to the table. So there's so many things that happen behind the scenes with insurance and with underwriting and whether or not you get that that 99th hour finance approval. So it's not always pretty. It's really not a job for the week. Like, you can't be a temperamental person and be in real estate because you definitely will be on a roller coaster on a daily basis. You can't take nothing personal. You can't count your money before it's in your hand. Uh, it's all of those things with real estate. We just get dressed up and make it look cute for y'all, but it's not that. We actually real warriors behind the scenes. Right. Speaking on, you know, the roller coaster, you know, <laughs> and but like not counting your money before you know touch your hand. Like some people don't, you know, some people don't have it for the, for the actually pay their bills and they, you know, if they wait for it to come through. So like, explain like situations like that when you know you expecting you know something to go through because you really need it and it ain't coming through so there has been um, over the past few years built-in mechanisms that'll help agents like collect their commissions in advance so there is that I don't necessarily recommend using it unless you really need it because you end up paying you know a lot more than what they gave you but if you gotta supplement your income in real estate do it my advice is just never to quit right so if you get to a spot where you're depending on your next closing, you need something else. You need something else to supplement that. And it's whether it's using your license to make more money or if it's you getting, you know, a side job until business picks up. 
participants. So, in the matter of this question, what do you enjoy most about this and what do you dislike about it? I love seeing beautiful houses. Like, going shopping for houses is my absolute fave thing, right? Because they all look so different. They all sound so different. They all smell and feel so different. So the same enthusiasm I have for like going shopping for clothes, I kind of feel like that. I get that same rush when I see an old New Orleans home or this beautiful new construction. Or I walk into a house with 30 foot ceilings and if I make any noise at all, it sounds good. So I, I love the shopping part, right? That's the part that I love the most. The part that I dislike the most is the inspection response. And that probably helped fuel me into the construction side, right? Um, an associate and I, we talk about this all the time, like a, a regular just fresh out of real estate school agent is not qualified to do an inspection response. You really don't even know what this inspector says is wrong. You don't know how to point out what are the, the deal breakers for your client. You don't know what terms to have them accept and not accept so that's the part i hated the most and i still hate is a strong word i disliked the most and i still dislike it just a little but it's easier now because if they tell me oh you're missing junction boxes in the attic in my brain a picture pops up and i say oh well, we need a cover for it you know um but yeah that's the part i dislike the most gotcha. so you know at the first time we did an interview I didn't have a house, but now I have a house. So, like, I want, I want to say that going from a condo to a house is two different things. You know, you have a maintenance man. It's a lot of stuff. So, it ain't, like, having a house ain't for the week either. Because, especially if you ain't got a, like, I'm in a newer house and it's still dealt with little problems. But, like, people that's going into these older houses not knowing fully, like, you know, the back stuff that, and it might be on the week of breaking or different things like that. So, like, what's your advice to like, you know, people that's looking for to get a house and like, yeah, but they think they're ready, but they don't know, like sometimes it, it can get real, it, it can get real tricky. Like go buying a house that, you know, someone previously actually lived in before. So I, um, my first recommendation is to be committed and put money on the side, but I never ever transition um, a first time buyer into a house without a home warranty, right? To get your home warranty, have the sellers or you pay for it for that first year. And then when something goes wrong, you got a number you could call. You could say, hey, American Home Shield, my this, my that, my this is happening. Um, but that in conjunction with homeowners insurance should take care of the major things that could happen in a house. Because I experienced firsthand a brand new house off the ground and still had issues like with the brand new appliances. Like... Our stove didn't work for a whole year. We had to keep calling the people. Like, mm -hmm. like if the lights are flicker, like, you know, if it's electricity, and, and sometimes the plumbing in the ground not done correctly. So it's like, 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 do you feel like obligated as a real estate agent who actually sells the stuff to people, like, to actually make sure they have one of like good experience? Absolutely. My So my obligation to you and to my clients would be to have you know what you're buying. So I've never even sold a new construction house without a home inspection that's right. thorough. So I want to inspect your roof, your plumbing, your AC and heat, your level survey. So is the house sloping? Do, does it have termites? I need somebody in the attic. I need a camera through the pipes. Reason being, when it go wrong, you don't call me. 
you're going to make it seem like I sold you a lemon <laughs> house, but really you just need to know what you're buying and whether or not you want to move forward with it. That's funny. Like, people say people sell them um, lemon houses. Like, how you get that from a lemon <laughs> car to a lemon house? Yeah. Like, you sold me a haunted house. <laughs> Like have you ever like have you ever got a call like that? Somebody 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 think they got ghosts in the house you sold them? No, never got a haunted house call, but I did, <laughs> I have gotten a lemon house call. Okay. Years years later too. Had a buyer call me two and a half years later. Oh, my plumbing is messed up. I said, Okay, I keep good records. Let me go back. This is me going through my emails. Let me go back. So we inspected your plumbing. These were the issues. Here's your report from Pipes R Us. This is the condition of the plumbing then. Whatever you have happening now could have happened over the course of that two and a half years. Yeah. And that you probably was flushing down tampons or different things like that. Blood pouring grease down the sink. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it could have been anything, right? right. And, and, and it could have been something from the city line backed up into right. hers. So it could have been a host of things, but it wasn't we didn't properly inspect. And I, I was about to laugh when you see the company called Pipes or Us. I'm like, this is funny. <laughs> gotcha. Pipes or Us. They peep in your pipes. So, like, what's your advice to someone that's watching this interview right now, thinking about getting, getting into, like, real estate? My advice to somebody getting in real estate right now would be to make the conscious commitment to... Be a resource for your clients, which you don't know, go try and seek answers. And make sure that you operate in all fairness. Put them first. Put them first. Because if you do it just for the money, you're not going to last long. You might have a good run, but it's not going to last long. And also, um, take nothing personal. Like, it's, it's a service. Provide, wake up and decide to provide excellent service. And take none of the, the shortcomings of or what could happen or what possibly could go wrong personal. Just be a good troubleshooter and a mediator and leave your ego at home. <laughs> and so you know I'm going to title this. I'm like, I'm going to title this. I'm like single real estate guru. So you know we got to get a little more juicy. <laughs> like for a person <laughs> who's single in New Orleans, I still got to ask this question. Ooh. Like, you know, do you think that it's going to be a time that comes in your life where you know want to want to slow down again and, like, and possibly start dating and, like, settle down again? I believe in marriage. I do. I believe in love. So I probably would settle down again for the right person. So how can a person be the right person? How, you, like, how would you know? I have to share my list. You got to share your list. But you can be brief. You can be brief. Um, the right person for me is equally as kind and giving as he is powerful and self-aware. Right. You know, people, you know, men probably watch this because, you know, when you go to the cities, you know, they have these, these big, unlike successful women dealing with, you know, men that have less. So like, it's like, it's like, do you want to, like, are you looking for a guy who like, you know, on your level, like growing to your level or like above your level? You trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Are they going to be able to hear you? Because they need to know that. Yes, they're going to hear me. <laughs> hear my voice. Great. 
they gonna need to know that you bucked this up. So I'll say this. Um, I do have deal breakers as it relates to um, where a person is on their journey, right? And they have more to do with um, motivation and whether you aspire to be a certain thing than it does money. Because I know a lot of people with money who not doing nothing and their money getting away from them real quick. It's just slipping and through their hands. And they got them stories if they used to have. Yep. The, the I fell off story. So I, I would, to your to answer your question, I, a man does not have to make more money than me. But um, he going to have to have that go-get inside. Right. So like, like, can you see one, I'm like vision, I'm like in a man, I'm like from the start? I'm also not signing up for anybody's potential either. Right. Let oh, me okay. say that. Because, you know, I was about to get that because, like, you know, every the twin, I'm like, Tia, Tia, I'm like, Mari, found her husband sitting at the bus station. So it's like, you know, everybody you think, you know, you, you could pass, you know, you, you can stop at the red light and let you see your man at the bus station. <laughs> I'm setting up for Why you laughing? You setting me up. <laughs> The bad thing about that is when I'm driving in the car, I'm focused on the road. So he gonna have to meet me somewhere else. And so you gotta jump in front of your car and, and lay in front there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you, you know. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Well, we gotta get to the juicy stuff, man. So like, how, and so how can I, you know, how can a man actually meet you? Like, you know, happy hour, in traffic, like, actually, I'm like, where can a man actually meet you at, you know? Yeah, because you know you are one like very busy woman so I keep um, I do keep a busy schedule but I am I have certain habits that I, I in certain time blocks that I'm gonna be doing the same thing every day so I think for a man to catch me um, not working is gonna be me doing one of those things that I do every day so this one is hard. This one is so hard. Take this out. No, so we rolling. This is raw. <laughs> we, we, this whole interview is raw. So they gonna see all of it. Yeah, they gonna see it all. It's like a podcast. It's going on a podcast after. Goodness gracious. Yeah, he gonna he gonna have to catch me when I'm not um when I'm moving slow enough to 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 let him stop me from what I'm doing. So, so like, the what grocery about, store. Grocery store. I'm like, what about, you know, if the DM, because, you know, a lot of people meet they, you know, they future man, even in the messenger and the DMs. So, I don't feel like I come from the era of... <laughs> social media? Not social media, per se, but uh, e-dating, right? <laughs> so, a lot of messages, and then... You gotta know that our DMs be kind of inappropriate, so a lot of stuff I don't read. If the if the image is blurred, I don't open it. Oh, it's it probably it's probably one of those pictures, huh? Jeez, I didn't. So have you that. ever opened your have you ever opened your DM and you and you actually seen one of them pictures? Yes, I did not ask for nudes. Don't send them. <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm a professional woman. Look, it makes nudes, huh? it makes you say, "What about my page told you that I wanted this?" Like, the, the first time that happened to me, I immediately got out of the DM and went, like, up my profile grid. Because I was like, what am I saying? That made him say this was going to be okay. 
Well, I'm gonna ask a woman this question, like you know, <laughs> why you think guys feel so comfortable sending those pictures to women, like you know, like for us, like you know, what you could think of, like because like, if I hear about you know, guys doing it a lot. I think they probably think the worst thing that could happen is I get shot down, and if I don't shoot my shot, I'm shot down anyway. But like some guys don't even like you know, they don't even like get the like traditional the phone number and talk. They just straight sending the thing picture. Automatically off the back, like you know, like even though fully is all the way wrong, like even if you even if you talk to somebody, you do it. But I'm talking about from straight back. You don't even know the person's name. You just send your send your me picture. <laughs> I don't like it, and I want them to stop doing that. And so, like, do you block the person? Yeah, definitely block them. You can block them and you remove them as a follower as well, because now you can't see what I'm doing. You can't see me, so. You won't have this lust in your head. Like, you so now you can't send me anything. So, as a woman, do you feel violated when they send you that? Like, like, oh, my God, what the hell? Shocked for sure, right? Because you, you're not expecting that. Because here's the thing. A lot of, when I do certain content, it's a call to action, right? I'm asking them, DM me if you want to see this house. DM me if you're thinking about buying a house. DM me if you got a house you want to sell. So, I have to open them. And then when I open them and it's that, I'm like. You, you think they're sending you a screenshot of a house and they're sending you a screenshot of anything? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. It happens. So, like, it, actually, besides those pictures in your DM, what's the craziest thing you ever saw in your DM? I don't know because I I begin to like filter a lot. So it the crazy thing too is like insults. Like you just get random people with opinions for no reason. Oh, those shoes didn't match. This didn't this. I didn't ask you. <laughs> I'm gonna wear this match match shoe anyway. So I got another juicy question for you. But in my relationships, oh, I've been wanting to ask because I kind of know. I feel the tension. But I don't know because nobody don't really say it. But I want you to, I want, you'll be the first interview I ask. Like, Why are you saying far as, this, far as this real estate thing, far as, like, you know, the leading women, mm -hmm. I don't really see, like, too many, like, you know, in every industry in New Orleans, I'm going to say New Orleans because I don't really know about everybody. Like, do you, like, do you feel like there's tension between, like, you know, at the top, like, realtors? Like, I'm not going to say technically, though. If all y'all have to stay professional and like all y'all are still, you know, eager, eager, you know, like professional women and everybody, it, it's still a competition. So I'll say this. Um, I don't experience that in our immediate market and okay. not amongst the black women who sit in my seat, right? I'm grateful for that. One of my very best friends is a real estate broker as well. Shout and out to Hey, Joe. Shout out, man. <laughs> She's a real estate broker as well, and I can honestly say that I am of the mindset that God don't deliver packages to the wrong address. So he's not going to bring me jewel clients. He's not going to give me her check. Um, and we collaborate, me and the other women who sit in my same seat. Yeah. Well, we do a thing where we actually grateful that it's her on the other side of the table because now we know we're going to get this done. It's going to be effortless. It's going to be done right. It's going to go smooth, right? So there's no cattiness. The only time I'll experience the a friction like this is when it's um, 
it's a broker outside of our network and typically another color. So, yeah, real estate is still sticky as it relates to the the racial pushback that you may or may not get. And we see it with appraisals and we see it with having a team with um, with certain other firms, but not amongst each other. Not my experience, right? But right. if there are people out there secretly hating me, just stop because I'm a good girl. <laughs> Well, I was trying to t- I was trying to turn a little negative into positive. I was gonna see like I have an idea of thinking like all you know all of the female leading mm-hmm. top African American real estate agents. I would think y'all should come together and create a program and bring up younger women who who like you know in like positions of not knowing what they want to do with it. Like they single mothers, you know any. You know, they're trying to find ways of, like, I think it should be, like, a real, like, sister circle y'all should create. Like, all successful women in the world. Not just real estate, no. Like, because, you know, so many women, it's hard for them, you know. And, like, Noada doesn't really really actually pay a lot of money for jobs. Yeah. So, it's like, I would think, you know, more like a sisterhood that bring other females up. Or, like, each month, try to find a female and try to help her get to, like, you know. You have potential. Let me bring you up. Yep, 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 yep. I love that. When you post this, I'm going to tag them all so that they can see this concept. And it's needed. And started working on it. It's needed. And, and I can honestly say, individually, we do some good work, right? Right. But collectively, we probably could do something phenomenal. Post so I love today. that. I'm going to edit it throw it up today. Look, take all the ones of me going like this. Oh, no, we put it all in. That's bloopers. This is raw interviews. What's your story? Okay, so <laughs> with that being said, all of you know different things like that. Like I'm like, what's next for you? What is next for me? Um, within the next maybe five years or less, I'll transition into um, just working for myself, doing my own projects, and being able to feed my agents more leads. Yeah. Now, if not. I don't want to release that and then people think, oh, well, she's not going to work for me anymore. That's not true. Especially if they come by way of uh, referral. But when you start to see me market less, it means I'm doing more of my own stuff. Always going to stand in service, right? Always, always, always. But when I'm not asking for the business, then that's when you'll be able to see the shift. I got one more serious topic before we get out here because it could possibly lead into like another interview in the future. But you know, you mentioned earlier about you know the friction may happen with other real estates from other races. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I kind of mentioned like it, it, it probably is important to like create one. I'm like sisterhood, but like have you ever had to deal with any? I'm like racism in like down here as far as real estate because like I saw something. Like, you know, it was a black couple and, like, George was trying to, like, sell the house. But, like, you know, and when people knew it was black, you know, if the price was the same as, as, like, when it was white. Yes, so, um, myself, members of my team, other brokers that I've talked to, we all experience some systemic racism, right? And that's why I mentioned appraisals. Um, I had been in conversations with a guy some years back about, um, him doing a short film, about how appraisers will like skew the report based on the person's color. I've had it happen um, countless times. 
it's only a bad thing. Well, it is, it's a bad thing all the time, right? But it's the worst when that appraisal can be challenged, when the bank honors it, and when it leaves my sellers with less money in their pocket. But yes, it does. It happens to me when they are of African descent. Man. So real estate is still a good bit racist. So do you think that it would ever change? I think that everything has the possibility of change. How fast it'll happen, that's what I don't know the answer to. So do you think there will ever be a time when you actually expand I mean, outside of New Orleans? So I come about like, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to say outside of Louisiana. So I do carry a license in Mississippi, um, and I'm in transition to, to do a reciprocal license in Georgia. So I'll be able to update you and say, hey, got the GA designation. Uh, and, and even with that, I intend to be able to empower another agent there to duplicate myself. Like, hey, you know, I got a real estate at 2526. So I'll be able to look at somebody's profile, 2526, and say, I've been prospecting and I got this client, let's share it. Because I'm not there. It's moving on up, huh? Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> gotcha. And also, last but not least, tell the world, I'm like, what can they find you at on social media and everywhere? I am T. Jones. You can find me on IG and Facebook at T. Jones trillionaire or taisha jones um those two names will get you to me on any of the platforms gotcha oh but then we done and also oh, but that's your story this is my story hey are you sticking to it i'm st <laughs> <laughs> this is my story and i think i'm sticking to it depending on how he edit <laughs> i ain't editing all wrong <laughs>